0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, me and Tyler are sitting here with Chase Shuhard, a uh, cotton farmer from Roscoe. We're going to be talking about the EQUIP program here and how you can make a little bit of extra money or actually be a conservative farmer. Uh, either way, it's going to be a pretty good deal. Um, Chase, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, like Landon said, my name is Chase Shuhard. I actually grew up in Lubbock, Texas, and <clears throat> I grew up in town. I went to Monterey High School. My, uh, Mom was a nurse. My dad sold W forty, which almost everyone knows what W forty is. But we were not in the farming business. My family had no background in farming, not even grandparents or anything. So, um, went to uh, grew up there. Went to school at Texas A and M. Um, had no idea or ambition I'd be farming. Got a degree in uh, landscape architecture, and um, graduated college in 2011 and I got married and it was like the middle of the recession so we <clears throat> the only jobs we could get were in Memphis Tennessee so we moved there for about three years and I was doing the landscape architecture thing and my wife was actually the breadwinner she had a master's degree she got a master's degree at the time it took me to get a bachelor's degree which <laughs> tells you how smart I am and uh, maybe I'm really smart actually she was making more money than me um, so we did that for like three years, and then her dad is a cotton farmer in Roscoe. So I actually worked for him in college a little bit, and I thought it was cool. And um, so after we were there for a few years, he'd he grown a little bit and uh, needed some help. He needed to hire somebody and asked me if I wanted to do it. Of course, I do a lot of things because they sound like fun and don't really think about all the other parts of it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's move back. Because we we wanted to move back to West Texas anyway. And uh, even though I grew up in Lubbock and the cotton farming was all around us, I thought, wow, this is cool. It'd be really cool to do this for a living because, like, it's like the whole reason anyone lives out here.
0: Yeah.
1: And so um, we moved back and started farming in, what was that? I think 2014,
0: so. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 14 because you started the same year I did.
1: Yeah, so you're keeping tabs on me. Yeah, I'll I pay attention. <laughs> 14, so uh, yeah, I think it's been like, what, eight crops? Is that right?
0: Well, actual crops or years? <laughs> Crop <laughs> years,
1: like <laughs> plant, you know. I plan Certi- a, certified years. Certi- certified crops. Certified crops. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. I think eight. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're starting. We're, get, we're about to get kicked out of the beginning farmers at FSA stuff. Well, I
1: got kicked out.
0: So. Uh, age-wise?
1: Yeah, because it's FSA is uh, is it ten years ten, ten after year? college? Gra- it's not I think when it's you ten start. It's, I not think when it's you start. S- it's when you graduated school or
0: something like something that. Something like that. I think there's an age limit to Like thirty, I think, oh. <laughs> or something. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I aged out recently,
1: a couple years ago, because like I I was out of school for like three or four years before I started farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I I think I was the new farmer for six or so years
0: mm. yeah okay,
1: so that was it that's how I got into it, yeah, married into it the old fashioned way
0: yeah well, you find your best land in the <laughs> plat book <laughs> the, the
1: second old fashioned way like I guess everyone's one's <laughs> being born into it, but yeah
0: um okay, so y'all have been getting into equip programming a little pretty heavily uh,
1: yeah, um <clears throat> yeah I mean my father in law's been doing various equip programs throughout his entire career, but I think the reason why. I'm here, you want me to talk about this, is what we've been doing since 2018, doing, um, we have a couple, I don't know how many, um, six or eight EQIP contracts. And the contract is farm by farm or field by field, so it's not like your entire operation. Because I've got an example right here in front of me, it's like an actual farm with the specified acreage. Yeah. So we the one we're doing is the multi-species cover crop one which is kind of I uh, – I wouldn't call it the new fad, but it's kind of like the new – one of the new things that, that they're pushing over the NRCS, at least in terms of, like, uh, more farming-related because they do have a lot of pasture programs, and they do even have some irrigation programs, like if you're going trying to go from pivot to drip or something like that. But this is um, just in terms of farming.
0: From what I can see, it's basically you get paid a certain amount per acre – and you can talk about that here in a minute. And then you have to just put the cover in and then you get you get to keep the the middle bit of the profit in the middle.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the point of the I don't know if that's why it's called equip. I don't know if it's short for equipment, but you know, definitely they pay you more than the practice costs. I think with the, the intent that you'll invest that mm-hmm. into upgrading your equipment right. to get you stuff that you need to get to do that practice because a lot of times when you're doing new practice, it requires new equipment, yeah, which can be real expensive. So I, I think that's why they do that. Um, but yeah, I can talk about this anyway. These, you know, every equip program I think has different terms. I don't know if the, the length of years vary, but these are five-year contracts um, and – so, yeah, multi-species cover crop is what it is. So it's not just one crop, one species. you got to plant at least f- a mix with at least five species. And within that five, you have to have at least one brassica, which is like a cabbage, a mustard, a turnip, Correct. a radish, a grass. We all know what grass is. Yeah. And then uh, a legume, which a legume is uh, nice and fixing, but it could be. Sun hemp, I mean soybeans, cow peas, mung beans, you know peas, beans, peanuts, yep. blue bonnets.
0: <laughs> Is that really allowed? In <laughs> no.
1: Well, I mean it's allowed, but you can't afford it. <laughs> be I've never even priced it, but I know you can't even afford to put those in your yard. It's probably like a hundred dollars a pound.
2: Yeah, you ever have to. Eat like I say, I guess for like soybeans, you have to inoculate them. Do you have to ever? <coughs> well, inoculate all any le- of
1: them? yeah, all legumes exactly. All legumes have to be inoculated with. I don't know. What you know? It's a. Right.
2: So it's almost. I, like I want to
1: say the word, but I'll make a fool out of myself. But it's like resibium or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a. Is it a bacteria? Mm-hmm. Anyway, y- they have to be inoculated. The reason they have to be inoculated is because that is what actually helps build the nodules. Right. The, the, the actual so nitrogen. Fixating, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so at least five species. You have to have one of each of those three. The other, the other two species can be any. You can any, double up or you, any, anything. But you know, we plant more than five species. You're not required mm-hmm. to. The minimum is five. Um, but the way we've looked at it is, we we plant our mixes have had like eight to ten species. Like I said, you don't have to do that. You'll end up.
0: And y'all are. You necessarily.
1: You won't necessarily spend more money doing that because, like we, mm-hmm. you know, we work with this company called Green Cover Seed in Nebraska, um, which I I think they're awesome. They have this great like seed mix deal, but you don't have to do that. I mean, some people have some, some of their own seed. Maybe they have some own grasses mm. and uh, that they'll supplement into their mixes to make them cheaper. But like, but yeah. So, you know, really it comes down to pounds. You can, you can do eight, 10 species without making more expensive. You just adjust the pounds. pound yeah. um, And we like doing that cause it just, it doesn't necessarily make it. I don't, I don't think it really makes it more complicated, but it, you know I, I that's just you know a theory we you know we have a a theory we have is that the more the more diversity that you have the more <clears throat> opportunity of success you will have with the with the plant growing and what I mean by that is that you know sometimes in the last few years it's been difficult you know we you, we generally plant these in the fall um but you know sometimes it's you know it's been actually fairly dry the last few years but <clears throat> sometimes you plant you get a big rain right and then like if it's in a terrace channel or something, like, Nothing. it dries out. But what you'll find is, like, you're like, oh, crap, man. Nothing's going to live in there. But, like, few, you, you come back a week or two later, something came up. It may not be everything. If you had eight species, not everything came up, but maybe one or two things actually survived and did well. So that's one reason why we like kind of the diversity is that it kind of spreads the risk out. Because you'll even notice on high spots, rocky spots, or terrace tops, like, certain things will do really well certain things will do well mm-hmm. bottom of the field. But if you have great conditions, which you don't always have, but like if you have, you know, three or four nice gentle rains, mm-hmm. then the field looks pretty uniform because everything kind of does good.
2: So like on a year, say like this year, when if, you, if you're if you doing like a dry land equip program and nothing comes up, are you technically, I mean, you can't be penalized for it, but how do you approach <laughs> going into next year? Yeah. You're not penalized. You're not penalized for
1: that. Like, our, the stuff we planted last fall, we did get like a rain, but it it didn't look really good. It really didn't. But um, yeah, we weren't penalized. You know, they still came out there, and there was enough stuff up they could measure and whatever. But
2: it's always a plan. You're saying your, what's your game plan? Well, like say going forward, you planted it, nothing comes up, and you technically, <coughs> I mean, I guess there's probably termination type things going into the next crop. But say none of that comes up you dry plant your cotton and then it all comes up say on a rain can you technically go in there and still terminate your cover and still call it uh,
1: or say if you planted cotton into a
2: cover that hadn't come up yet and you had no way to terminate it before it came up is can you technically call it terminated before you planted your cotton or can it go into like drought type conditions and NRCS can maybe acknowledge that it just never had a chance
1: yeah i don't I don't know if I've that, had that situation. Yeah. I think you'd be okay. I mean you just need to you need you know to just communicate Maybe. that to to the the office you're working with and they I mean they know when they it's, know dry it's dry yeah. because they live where you live <laughs> and their yard is dead and like they know yeah. <laughs> but um the, you know in that situation you would have planted like a, a mix in the spring mm-hmm. right or in the winter
2: right right let's just say I guess say you harvested your wheat crop. You planted your fall cover crop on dry land, never got that rain, kind of like some around here did. And you're approaching March, April right now, and you still got dry-sowed cover out there. <coughs> and I was just thinking if it ends up not raining until, let's say, May, June, when you, cotton may already be out there. Yeah. So, I, th- I mean, because I guess is it kind of like any cover crop, you have to have it terminated before it heads out, or can you actually let it head out with the – through this program.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure they really care about if you terminate it before your cotton crop or not. It has to be terminated before you can get paid.
2: Okay.
1: Um, so I, mean, I guess the theory is, is like in this fall planted one, typically they count like a hard freeze hard as freeze. termination. Okay. Um, you know, you're not going to have that problem. Uh, you know, as what I'm going to tell you, like we didn't have a whole lot of rain, but we had enough germinate. It's, and then and only like that, and whatever didn't germinate this out there, that seed's ruined anyway. And then again, all this stuff, get smoked by like Roundup. Like none of this
0: oh, stuff. right. Yeah. Like none of this stuff can survive yeah, herbicide. Nothing's gonna be resistant where yeah, you have to so deal with it later.
1: If it if it did came up when you were trying to grow cotton, it really wouldn't be a problem.
0: Well I'm I'm I don't want to spray Roundup this year, so <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Cost me thirty dollars to kill the right. cover crop. Yeah, no yeah, I, I agree. It. So what a uh, what kind of prices are you seeing that NRCS is paying you?
1: Yeah, so I do, you know, we just talked about I think we talked about it, New Beginner Farmer. Did we talk about that? Yeah. Anyway, so the NRCS has different roles than FSA. They're actually more lenient. A little closer. A little closer. There you go. Yeah, the NRCS is more lenient than FSA. So it has nothing to do with when you graduate school or anything like that. Actually, it's 10 years. No matter what your age is, you could be 50 years old. Um, basically, you've got 10 years from when you start filing a Schedule F or, or you know, having farm income. So, it doesn't really matter what age you are. So, I'm still, even though I've been farming eight years, I'm still within, I'm still a beginning farmer. So, in the beginning beginning farmer pays more than the non. And the beginning farmer, I can tell you, because I didn't actually just talked to uh, Mandy, the our county NRCS lady, yesterday. But these rates are still relatively accurate. But the, the new beginning farmer is around $71 an acre. Um, <clears throat> and then the kind of non-beginning farmer, she told me, is $49 an acre. And then also, there's a veteran beginning farmer, which sounds a little odd. It's still that first 10 years, but if you're a veteran, they still get paid the $71, but what she's telling me is it has its own pool of money. Mm -hmm. Meaning, what she told me is, if you're a veteran, like your likelihood of getting awarded is really increased, because... The competition is really low. Like, there's not a whole lot of veterans. So
0: you're saying there's still a chance, even <coughs> if you do these contracts, you might not get paid.
1: There is a chance you won't get awarded the contract. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's important to say. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an application process, and you know, in our in Nolan County, the county I'm in, um, Mandy basically takes. She does vast majority of the paperwork. You have to supply some information about like the history of that farm because one of the things about Equip. Is you have to show that you're you're making a change in practice. So you know if you're if you're reducing tillage or you know you basically have to say, well, the last four years I plowed X, Y, and Z times, and I'm going to do a little bit less, and I'm going to do this, and they say, oh, okay, yeah, good. <clears throat> but the thing is, these things have to go. You apply, and then I don't really know how it works, but they get ranked. They rank them because there's not an infinite supply of money. More people apply than they have funding, so. They get sent off <laughs> to Austin or wherever. I don't know. And then it may or may not get awarded. Now, these this cover crop one has been has been pretty successful as far as it getting awarded. I've had a couple not get awarded. But, like, I know people that have done a quip for, like, clearing brush that they apply every year for, like, five years, and they still right. haven't gotten it. Because, well, everyone is trying to get brush cleared for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so... No <laughs> um i'm not saying you won't get it i don't know i will i don't even know what to put a put a put a percentage on it it might be like 50 percent chance
2: have you noticed so like say you have one field that they deem not highly erodible and another field that's a little more sandy has that higher has that classification or are they more opt to give you that contract on that
1: well i mean i i don't know the metrics they use like if they yeah, if I'm the one awarding contracts, that would be a Either, priority. Right. But I don't really know how – they. Nobody's have, ever like really I said, they broken this, down how they – They take your application and, like, I think this is how it works. <laughs> um, but, you know, they – they. Uh, you know, you're ranked or they they apply points to ever – you know, quite honestly, if you're, like, super maximum tillage
0: – why did you look straight at me when you said that? <laughs> you you like eyeballed me. I saw it. How eyeball you? Yeah, we all know. Because you're a perfect candidate.
1: Yeah. So if you're, well, you're not. Yeah. But anyway, if the more change you're
0: making, yeah, I'm the a better, perfect candidate for change, is what you're saying. The more
1: change you're making, the more likely, more likely you will get awarded. Like, because they will say, oh, this is uh this scores more points in our ranking system. But yeah, highly erodible. In my opinion, yeah, that's a that, w- that that's would a big one. be a priority, but I don't know if they take soil type into consideration. I don't know that. I, that's a good question to ask one of them. Yeah,
0: I've got a question. Um, would you rather deal with FSA or NRCS? Like, is it, as, <laughs> is it as stressful and as difficult as dealing with FSA to do this program? It's very similar. I'll put it that
1: way. Um, I'll put it this way. <clears throat> I've just dealt with the Nolan County office and I really like the people in there. Okay. I mean, I mean, I like the FSA people too. So, (laughs) but what I'm, what I'm I'm saying is, is different. The NRCS is a little bit more peculiar because it's like conservation and they actually do more audits and like site inspections. Like they do a lot more of that sort of thing than FSA. Um, the timel- timeliness that stuff gets done, it's you know, it's kind of like a lot of government programs. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not always Johnny on the spot, you know. Like, I um, one thing I'll say is like they can't they can't make two payments in a twelve, in, you know, in three hundred and sixty five days. Right. So, like, if you get awarded this contract and you're going along, the first year you might actually, of course, it just depends on when you plant it, when it's terminated, because they can't pay you until it's terminated. And then they actually have to go out there and measure your field. Even though your tractor has the acreage, and you're more accurate than they are, they're going to go drive around in their four-wheeler with GPS units and try to figure out what your acreage is, and it's never the same as what I planted. But they have to do that.
0: The government's never screwed anything up.
1: <laughs> so... Anyway, I don't even know where I was going. But they, they, yeah, they, they have to... All those things have to happen before they can pay you. So maybe the first year, you know, let's say you did it in the fall like I did and it winter killed, they already had it measured. They, can, they don't have to wait till it freezes to measure it. They can measure it as soon as you have a stand, essentially. And I try to call them and get them on it. Usually I call them and get it on it. it takes some little time to get out there and do it. But, like, the first year <clears throat> they paid, let's just call it they paid in early December. But, you know, they can't do it – they have to do at least 365 days. And, you know, oh. in theory it could be 366 days. But so, you know, the first year was in December. The next year was a few weeks later. The next year was a few weeks later. You know, here I am getting near the end of the contract, and it's now March, and I haven't gotten paid. And I'm not throwing to – I'm not trying to, like, get on to them at all. I'm just saying – It's never going to – you can't bank on that payment being the right. exact same you, time every year. You better not be counting on that money to be paying bills, because like it's going to come and they're going to get their job done, but it it may be a bit delayed. But and it's just because the rules they have, they can't. You know, there's been times when like we had an early freeze and I was ready to go, and they had it measured and they were ready to go too, and they're like, we got to wait a month because we can't pay you twice and three hundred. And they can't even
0: probably start the paperwork. Until, yeah, right. Three sixty
1: five. And then other things. There's other things like they have a, a fi- I don't know when their fiscal year is, but there's all sorts of budgeting and there's, a, anyway, good people to deal with, but the timeliness, hit or miss. You're gonna get paid. You just got to be patient and you, you can't be relying on that money, <laughs> you know, to feed yourself because it's you don't know when that really is gonna be coming.
0: Okay, um, so on your. Uh five species you could technically get that down the cost pretty cheap if you were if you were catching your own seed and stuff and yeah instead of buying seed
1: right yeah you could and and you know they don't even specify how many pounds you plant and i'm not saying you cheat i'm just saying they don't say hey you need at least 30 pounds out there yeah so i mean i could pull up one of our mixes i mean we have you know, even like like radishes, we not playing a half pound, a half pound of radish. Is a lot of radish, That's a lot, of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, you can change. You can change your rate. You know, maybe you caught some 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 things that you can put in yourself. Um, you know, I don't know. You, there's ways to bring it down. You know, we we tend to go the other way. We're like, well, since we got awarded this contract, you know, we'll spend an extra five bucks and we'll kind of spice it up a little. You know, but you don't have to do that. You can, you can do it the most efficient way economical you can and try to put as much money in your pocket as you can. But the way I look at it is, you know, it, it pays for the mix. It pays for the planting and there's, and you you still make a little money on the side, but I don't do it necessarily to make money. You know, I think one of the reasons why this whole equip thing exists is because it's kind of a leap of faith. You, you have a plan or an idea of what this is going to do. Um, you know, and I don't know, what do you know, say it costs twenty bucks an acre and say you're a little bit nervous whether it's gonna work or not work. You know, if you're not
2: getting help through an equip, you might not even consider yeah, it's it. It's not even something somebody considers to be a yeah.
0: gamble to try right. it's just another tool you can use to
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the whole reason the equip thing exists is because it's like all right, we're gonna help you get through this five years and then they're they're banking on that that you're going to hope that that you're going to figure it out and then you're going to be convinced that this thing works. Right. And then when your 5 years is up, you're still going to keep You're still going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, that's a Well, they know change is hard, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they know change is hard and change
0: is expensive. Okay, so that's the whole point of the whole thing. My question is, my air seeder hates when I plant cover crop. and I've got three species, like I got winter peas and I've got like turnips and triticale and you're putting 10 species. You have an air seeder? In. Yeah. And it doesn't like that? Not really, really. Yeah, I, I we don't have any problems. More of like
2: a seed size, yeah. It's or like <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Seed see it size. Really it kind of. I feel like all the seed settles, like the s- smaller seed settles, and then eventually I've noticed yeah. that it kind of looks funky through the field. You'll get like certain species getting planted more in different parts of the field.
1: No, I yeah, I think that I yeah, you're onto something. You know, we we use this green cover seed, and I'm not trying to like whatever, but they they've probably been doing it longer than about anybody. And I'll tell you, a lot of our mixes, our fall mixes, traditionally have had a lot of oats. You know, when we go there, we we switch up mixes, and they're always like, yeah, you maybe want some more oats. <laughs> they keep pushing oats. It's like, okay, why do you want oats? And they say, well, it's it's good to put in the mix because it keeps it it's, keeps it's things. Bigger, it's, it keeps everything kind it's of bigger, it's but, falling all the way through. Yeah, it's bigger, but also it keeps things like mixed and suspended instead of settling to the bottom. And it I, I've noticed it's kind of true. I mean, if you if you take stuff out like that, and I'm not saying you gotta use oats, but a lot of those grasses, just the mm-hmm. the shape of the seed helps things from settling. Mm-hmm. And you're probably putting grasses in too, so I don't really know, but I do know what you're saying is not wrong. That that can happen, and it does happen. I notice that all the time. I'll you know, we have a lot of sunflowers and I mix, those things seem to rise to the top. I go in there and I'll open the top, and like. Man, I don't know if it's because they're lighter. Yeah, they're
0: thirty-six pounds they're a light. bushel or something. They're like light stuff, and yeah. they're big. But they work themselves to talk. Everything top. else can just wiggle their way, yeah. all
2: the way to the bottom of that box. So yeah. yeah,
0: that that happens. Yeah, I guess that's something to look for if you're thinking about planting multi-species cover crops. Just to keep it in, in the back of your mind it would be. Now, you have always used an air seeder. We to have planet
2: has. I mean, well, have we, we have a neighbor that uses just a no-till, no-till box drill. drill. Was well, I mean? Have you ever? Anybody ever, y'all heard play with just like planting them on 40s and then going in between them, trying to get as much maybe root growth slash biomass just in that one spot where maybe it feathers out and then you've got a fairly clean, yeah, between. I like that
1: idea. Like, this is you know, we could be there's no we could be be done with the equip thing and just talk about cover crops, but like, right, people do that. You know, I've seen people plant, say, radishes, Um, radishes are really popular because of the big taproot and, like, breaking compaction. But, like, I've seen people scoot over and plant radishes, you know, I don't know how far off their cotton. I don't know if it's in the middle or if it's mm-hmm. just, like, 10 inches off. But, yeah, I've seen that, and I that's interesting. Like, I'm up for anything. Yeah, <laughs> you right. you
0: want to try anything, I'm up to see me, what me, happens. Me and Tyler are starting to become really big advocates of 80-inch cotton, especially in dry land. Cause yeah, I want to see it. Like. Got Australian buddies, and, and we're talking to some fertilizer guys up north, and they're telling us you need to go wider row, keep your same seeding rate, actually lower, lower seeding, seeding rate, like and seed per foot. Get that cotton and get the root ball growing because most of our dryland problems in West Texas come from we never get a big enough root to get down and actually get the moisture. And yeah. as soon as the insurance gets fixed, I'm I'm building three sixteen row. Well, it'll be sixteen row with yeah. Be well, we think of row, cotton eight on, eight eight on a two splinters. dimension.
2: We think of it. Like, I mean, a root going down and going wide, but you also got to think of it on a more of a three dimensional, like also to the next plant. So if that cotton doesn't have any room to grow
0: between plants,
2: then you're, I mean,
0: you know, the only problem with that is if there's a stripper and it gets really, well, yeah. it gets yeah. really big, but that's, yeah, that's a non-issue most of the time <laughs> out here. Now I'm but looking at you again. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, uh, I'm really interested in 80 inch cotton and in like. Uh, I don't know, I went to a conference like three, before COVID, you know, like three years ago, and I got all excited. 80-inch cotton. I was going to do it. I was going to do it. And then, like, I went to plant that crop, and we were bone dry. And I was like...
0: Yeah, cut, your, <laughs> cut, that, in- cut <laughs> that insurance check in half and see how well uh, your banker I was like, likes you.
1: like, well, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just, like, make a round at 80-inch.
0: You know, what I have figured out... not tell anyone about is, it. Uh, Enterprise of practice. You can tell your insurance agent that I'm planting these two fields on 80s and the rest on 40s. Now, everybody thinks enterprise of practice is irrigation versus dryland, but you're changing your enterprise of practice to 80s, and you can do it on two fields and try it. You have to do it on two, though. Do it on one, you're in for a bad day. Yeah, that's interesting. And,
1: you know, I, I, there's some funny insurance things going on because I, I know a guy at Lubbock that has plants 80-inch cotton, and he made like six hundred pounds to the to the land to acre. To the land acre. And so that's twelve hundred pounds. Yeah. yeah. And he did that for a few years and his insurance company's like Yeah, I don't know if your driving APH should be going up that much. And he's like, Change your
2: rules. Well, change your rules. And that's change what your these rules. guys are talking about is the guys that are wanting to do this, adapt this program. There should be benefits with insurance. So in like a year like this. We can keep our same practice, but benefit from what we've been doing for three or four years to show that, hey, it's actually (coughs) working. Can we take these yields that we've been making and move towards here?
0: Yeah, they're going to get mad at us if we plant 80-inch cotton and get our APHs up through the roof at 1,200 pounds. Right. And Mm -hmm. then then on dry year, we plant 40s and we collect insurance (laughs) on a (laughs) 1,200-pound APH.
1: The good news is there is conversations going on to get this changed. And I'm not saying, like, 80-inch, whatever. Right. They're, they're trying to change it where
2: whatever your road pattern is, you get 100% coverage, mm-hmm.
1: which would be good for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. if you really think
2: about it. I think it's good. Then they were also mentioning that it's also going to be good because the way they're going to make stipulations for it, it's not going to technically help the insurance farmer year in, year out. Say, like, it's going to – there's going to be stipulations. Even if you take a zero or you would be a zero, you're still got to take a certain poundage – and take a number every year so you're not just, you can throw out that zero at the end of it. So, I think they're trying to make it where it's benefit for the people that are actually going to put forth the effort, but not just do it because it's cheaper. Yeah. So. Um,
0: well, I don't want to do it
1: because it's cheaper. No, I want to do it to make more which, cotton.
2: Yeah. I'll prof- profit at the end of it. That, that's
1: what bothers mm-hmm. me about the current rules is like, you know, I, I want to grow a skip row too. Like, I want to go two and one. But mm-hmm. you shouldn't be penalized for trying to do the right thing. Like at the end of the day, we're supposed to be producing crops and harvesting crops. We're not supposed to be, be insurance farms. Exactly. And I want to go two in one, but I don't want to lose
0: coverage. So you're sitting here doing something that is actually hurting. They actually put out more money for insurance purposes because we're all planting forties maximum row patterns. When there's guys growing sixties and eighties, that aren't collecting as much insurance, and we're collecting more insurance on 40s if you look at a 10 year span, yeah. And it costs the government more money, <clears throat> right? So, I think that, uh, well, it's I mean, be be like, <laughs> we could go on we could go for, forever, yeah.
1: but like, the whole for better or for worse, a lot of farming is about a lot of.